everyone, whether you have the bandwidth or the budget or the resources to, to focus on recruitment marketing, if you're in recruiting and talent acquisition, you're doing it in some way, shape, or fashion. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast focused on blending research and practical advice to help today's HR, talent, and learning leaders improve business outcomes. Let's welcome your host, Ben Eubanks. Hey everyone, this is Ben Eubanks. Welcome to We Are Only Human. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I know recruiting. It's what I've done, so I spent a lot of my life investing in, and now it's what I research. However, I just got back from a series of events, series of trips over the last few weeks, where I got schooled on some industry-specific trends and challenges around recruiting. First, the concrete cement industry. That was an interesting experience, learning about that. Hard work, very competitive. Um, second, spent some time with some rural telecommunications companies, dozens of them. And not only are the jobs there hard to fill, especially the technical roles, but in many cases, they're having to relocate people to the middle of nowhere to get them to do the job, which is another layer of challenge they're having. And finally, in the hospitality hotel kind of space, I talked with a gentleman that manages and operates a hotel operation. And we got in the weeds on the different types of jobs they're trying to fill, how he recruits them, how he tries to keep them, things like that. All of these things boil down to, this probably is a surprise for you, but recruiting is really hard today. Um, things like candidate ghosting are a real thing. When I mentioned that to the, to the group of telecommunications companies, they all kind of laughed because they know it's true. Candidates, yeah, sure, I'll be there for the interview, and they just never show up. They disappear. You never hear from them again. It's a real thing, and it's happening. Those kinds of behaviors would never have happened years ago when there was a very high unemployment rate. But today, the unemployment rate is so low, there are more open jobs than there are people to fill them. If I could snap my fingers, wave my magic wand, and make all of those people that are not working today employable, if I could make them employable, and have a skill set that a company wanted, even then we'd still have jobs available that could not be filled by the people we have currently on hand. So today we're going to dig into this and other pieces of recruiting and the challenges today with Chad Radabush. He's a recruiter and a group marketer with some really great insights to share. I can't wait to, to dive into the conversation. Lots of fun we, we dug into. Um, obviously, you can tell I met Chad a few times this year at other events, and I finally was like, okay, let's have a conversation live, record it so that everybody can hear this because we had so many good good discussions um, in and about the country. So I'm excited to share the share that with you. Today's episode is sponsored by People Strategy. From intuitive hire to retire HR technology to comprehensive benefits consulting and services, People Strategy offers employers a single source of the tools and services to attract, manage, and retain talent. A full service broker, People Strategy works with clients to identify competitive benefits packages to meet the needs of their employees, families, and companies' financial obligations. People Strategy also provides clients with a technology suite that simplifies recruiting, hiring, onboarding, payroll, and payroll taxes, open enrollment benefits time and attendance, compliance, reporting, and more. One provider, one price. Let People Strategy help you develop your People Strategy. Thanks to People Strategy for supporting We're Only Human. You can learn more about that in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. It's Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and I'm so glad to have you here today. Today, we're going to talk about recruiting, which, as you well know, is one of my favorite, favorite topics in the whole world. Um, it seems like this summer we've done a lot of recruiting-intensive content, but I think part of that is driven by the fact that we keep hearing from employers 
uh, at Lighthouse, we keep hearing from employers as well as just in general in conversations in the market or at conferences, people are struggling with recruiting. And so it's one of those things we're trying to make sure we're touching on every facet we possibly can. And so today's guest is going to bring us his own view of the world. He's a recruiter wearing a couple different hats, which will be fun to talk through. And then um, his company itself is going through some really interesting and cool changes. So. I don't know how deep we'll get into all of those things, but I know he has some cool data that they've been gathering we're going to share on the on the show today. So I'd like to welcome Chad Radebush. He's actually the recruiter slash recruit marketing manager at Jobvite, and he's going to share with us some, some insights and fun conversations. So welcome, Chad. Thank you, Ben. Hello, everybody. Uh, great intro. Thanks. Thanks a lot for that. So yes, um, as been mentioned, uh, my name is Chad Radebush, and I am primary role recruiter. Uh, but I also own the recruitment marketing uh, from the internal perspective here at Jobvite. Been here for coming up on 18 months, and um, I tell so many people that I'm a very find myself very fortunate to be a recruiter for a recruiting software company. So I have uh, I have it made, and uh, plan on sticking around for a long time if they have me. So um, so I love what I do. Okay, so since you opened that up, I want to ask you why. Why would you – that sounds cool to me, but I would love to hear mm-hmm. from you in your words. Why is it awesome recruiting for a company that sells recruiting technology? Yeah, no, great question. I mean, everything that we try to build and create and enhance, the tools, the platforms, the solutions, it is to create a better uh, experience and an easier process for recruiters. And so I am sometimes a guinea pig. Um, in regards to new releases and, and new features and, and, and what product is working on, and they want to get a recruiter's perspective on, does this work? Does it make sense? Why? Why not? What would you do differently? So I get to kind of be a little bit of a guinea pig a lot of times with uh, what we're trying to roll out to our customers. Um, and so, therefore, the end product is something that I have um, not always, but have helped kind of tweak uh, to meet the need of a recruiter. So to be on the inside of it and be the first one to be able to test it, to use it, and to roll it out with my candidates uh, is is really a, a very fortunate position to be in. Awesome. Very cool. And one last mm-hmm. question because I mm-hmm. I don't know that I've met someone that has both of those roles kind of lumped together. I've met some people that are just focused on the recruitment marketing perspective, and I've obviously mm-hmm. talked to tons and tons of recruiters. And so mm-hmm. – Talk about that split in your job. Um, we all know what recruiters do, right? But tell us a little about the recruit marketing perspective there because I think some companies either haven't made – they're not large enough to require that or they mm-hmm. maybe are not forward-thinking enough or they're not quite sure if they need that. So talk about some of the things that you do on the recruitment marketing side so that someone kind of mm-hmm. gets their head around what that job, that part of your job looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So – Everyone, whether you have the bandwidth or the budget or the resources to, to focus on recruitment marketing, if you're in recruiting and talent acquisition, you're doing it in some way, shape, or fashion, whether it's your outreaches on LinkedIn and what those messages look like or you know, are you responding to things on Glassdoor? Do you have a social media presence? So that is what all-encompassing kind of my responsibility, regardless of the, the roles as a recruiter that I might be responsible for. So um, just the greater good of the company, what are we doing to kind of promote ourselves on social media channels? What kind of content are we putting out there? How are we communicating with uh, active users of social media? How are we uh, interacting with candidates through those channels? So just having someone as kind of um, that owner of all of the content that's going out there 
from a recruiting perspective. Obviously, I partner very closely with marketing, so I don't have to recreate or reinvent the wheel, um, but really just taking ownership of that so that there is uh, a point of contact when there is content and, and interaction out there that, that needs to take happen. Okay, I love that. I actually talked to someone that, that does recruit marketing as their, their sole function a few months ago, mm-hmm. and he, he said, it is my goal. Like it is My holy grail would be every candidate that shows up says, yeah, I saw this on on LinkedIn, right? I saw this this messaging, I saw this piece of content, I saw this thing that you guys were doing, and that's what drew me mm-hmm. in, and maybe want to apply here. And um, he's, you know, again, lots of different facets to that, but it's just fun to kind of dig into that because I think a lot of people, you know, smaller companies even recruiters are doing that as part of their job. But it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to talk to one that that owns that and has pieces of that day to day. You know, that's something that you're accountable for and you're working on. I don't know, for some reason, mm-hmm. it it appeals to me. It's it's kind of cool. So. Yeah, and I I love to that point. Like you know, we track source codes within our system, within our ATS, to see and try and capture where our candidates are coming from. Because you know that that way we can focus on whether it's funding or or the content that we are putting out there. If we're getting more attention on certain areas, so I pay very close attention to that. And and to that point, I love it when I see. Uh, someone coming in via a, a Twitter link or a LinkedIn or Facebook even um, because it tells me we're putting enough content out there that's being seen by enough of the audience to attract them to, to apply. Awesome. Very cool. So let's talk about some of the things that you're seeing, right? You, we've already got – we don't understand who Chad is. We get, we get – you're, mm-hmm. you're doing recruiting. You're working for recruiting for a firm that sells – Technology, a technology company. What sort of things are you seeing from your slot on a day-to-day basis that, from a practitioner's perspective? What's challenging you, or what's really working for you? Mm-hmm. I don't think anything I'm going to say is really going to shock anyone out there. But mm-hmm. it is a candidate's world. Like I, I can't help but in my day-to-day think about um, the real estate market right now, and it's a seller's market out there, and. Uh, I see the exact same thing on the recruiting side. It's a candidate's market. There are literally more jobs available than there are candidates. So that's what I am seeing and, and continue to see day in and day out. And it's been like that for all of 2019. Um, so there's no, no slowing of that pace that, that I can see happening in the near future. So the biggest challenge is um, is how are you separating yourself? What can I do as the owner of some of this content and my outreach to candidates and really trying to drive a, a very talented pipeline for my hiring managers and for our leaders and uh, if you're an agency recruiter for, for your customer, um, what are you doing to get the attention uh, of that talent and separate yourselves from from the other competitors that are going after that same talent? So but the biggest challenge is certainly um, trying to be creative and trying to do enough research so that um, you're making it worth the individual who is receiving that message or seeing that content, making it worth their while to want to to keep their interest and for them to dig a little bit deeper. Um, so some things that I'm seeing that's, that's really working is, um, again, nothing that's going to shock anyone out there, but um, personalization. You know, there, there's, there's too much going on all the time in the life of a recruiter that we tend to lean on and fall back on mass communications. And it's, it's easy. You can hit 500, 1,000 people um, sending a mass email and having calls to action to check this out and, and click here and read this and apply here. Uh, individuals don't have time for that anymore. They, they want quick. They want easy. They want unique. Um, and so what I've seen really work is just 
you can use a templated message, uh, but just tweak it a little bit for each individual so that you're making it more specific to their background, um, whether it's an engineer role, a sales role, customer success, developer, an executive. They want to know that you've taken the time to look into their background and you're calling something out specific about them. Um, and so that's what I've, I've seen some success, uh, especially with the, the market the way it is today, is, is make it unique, make it personalized, and, and that will gain the attention of, uh, of your audience. I love that. I love that. That's one of the things that I credited. I can't remember if you and I had this conversation when we spent some time together earlier this spring at some of the conferences and stuff, but one of the things that I still remember from my early days of recruiting is I learned that entirely by accident. Right, I was reaching out to these guys, same thing, really in-demand positions, super busy, and I did not know their lingo. I was not, I was new to their space. Like, they, <laughs> this young punk, basically, was how I yeah. received any message that I sent them. And so when I reached out, it was always about something specific that I saw on their resume or on their profile, something that I saw that I was, mm-hmm. that I was new or different for me. And it was, it was, a lot of it was new and different at that time. But there was a, there was a guy I was reaching out to. These were instructor pilots. And one of the guys had a ballooning certification that he could teach others how to how to fly hot air balloons. I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen, by the way. And so, tell me how you got into that. And then that started mm-hmm. the conversation, and we we talked about the openings and things like that. But it, it started from a genuine conversation with him, not from a, hey, I've got a job, you've got to you know hit the apply button right now, or I'm gonna you know whatever steal your puppy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It didn't feel like it was a hostage negotiation as much as it was a conversation with with that guy. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, and hitting on, you know, personal things like that, because so many LinkedIn profiles, or if you find them on, on Twitter or, um, you know, on, on Facebook, any social social media, you know, that's where you're going to find a little bit more personal information. And we don't want to come off as, as stalkers, right? But um, But if you can throw in there, hey, that's amazing that you teach people how to fly hot air balloons, or, you know, for me, I'm so ingrained with with sports and athletics and 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 competition that when I find something along those lines, I can resonate with that, and that's what I navigate towards. So it is it's just finding those little things that are going to separate you um, and is going to grab their attention. Be like, oh, oh, Ben or Chad wants to talk about my hot air balloon experience. Yeah, let's let's chat. You know. Yes, absolutely. So not that you're go- you've already said you're not going anywhere, but if someone wants to talk to you, they're going to bring up. Uh, Spartan races, right? That's the thing that you're kind of interested in, the obstacle course stuff. Yes. So, just, a, just a hat tip. If anybody else wants to start a conversation at a recruiting conference, you can grab chat yes. with, a, with a good, you know, how about that obstacle Let's course? Let's talk Spartan. Race, and he'll, do, he'll dive right into it. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Very cool. So I do not rec- – remind me the name. So Job JobLite does mm-hmm. a, a survey every year, lots of research, mm-hmm. gathering that in, and then reports it out, and it always makes a big splash in the space. And I want to say it's like Job Seeker Nation or Recruiter Nation. I want to understand. I want to make Recruiter Nation Live. Recruiter Nation Live. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me about some of the data, some of the big picture things you guys found in the survey this year, and things that we Mm -hmm. we'll kind of uh, hash through a couple of those things because I remember hearing you talk about these earlier this year, and I was really intrigued by some of the findings. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, we're you know obviously we we survey all of our our customers, but then we have access to tons of their information, which is all uh, private and uh, and we don't we don't share the, the content specifically, but we are able to take the numbers um, and report back on that to to the greater masses. And so 
so, yeah, so some of the numbers that, that I spoke about in some of the conferences this spring that I think you're referencing to, and the, mm-hmm. and these are ones that really stuck out to me, um, were, and it's it's the little things that we can do in recruiting and in talent acquisition to just make the candidate experience so much greater and attract awesome talent for yourselves and, and makes your life much easier is that over 60% of, of candidates will completely abandon an online application if it's too complex or if it's taking too long or if you're asking too many questions. They don't want to take a test. Um, they want to simply parse out their resume, uh, answer a couple of really quick personal information questions, and hit submit and be done with it. Um, so just kind of think about your application process and revisit it as a candidate from that view and see, is it too complex? Does it take me more than, you know, three to five minutes to complete? If so, you're losing over 60% of your potential candidates there. Um, the other one is is the power of social media. Uh, our survey reported that a little over 72% of candidates will report a negative or bad experience through an application or interview process. And we all know that the, the word of mouth is incredibly powerful, and you're utilizing social media now with the shares and the likes. Um, that, that starts to get out. And what resonates with me is the fact that, um, you know, it could have been years ago, but if, if you ask someone, hey, what do you think about company XYZ, and they had a bad experience, that's immediately going to be their response. Oh, don't waste your time. It's a horrible interview experience. Uh, so just thinking about almost three-quarters of uh, candidates who do have a bad experience are going to share that on social media. Um, and then to kind of tack on to that, over 85% uh, of candidates reported back that they would never even consider that company ever again for employment. Nope, you ruined your, your first chance. I'm, I don't care what changes you've made. I'm never going to consider your company again for employment because I had a negative experience. So those were were three stats that really were eye-opening to me just because of the, the masses of, of candidates across all of our thousands of, of customers that we're able to pull this data from is uh, incredibly eye-opening. So those are the three that, that really hit home to me. Um, I've got a couple other, but others, Ben, but you let me know if, if we need to move on or if you want me to tackle on some of those others. So I'd love to, to give some actionable things out of that for, for some of the employers. So for the first one, right, little things um, – Make the difference if it's an overly complex application to drop off. So mm-hmm. one of the things you said, I didn't want to slip by for people that are listening in, is to actually go sure. out there and apply for your own job as a candidate, right? You've got to see mm-hmm. this thing with your own eyes, experience that, because I would venture to guess that most recruiters have not applied for their own jobs, at least not in a long time. You might have done it once, and then mm-hmm. never again once you made it through the ATS and you're hired, you're like, never did that again. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you need to be doing yeah. that on a regular basis, especially if the, the tool you're using gets a refresh or an update or something else, you need to be aware of those kinds of things, the steps you're making people go through, the process, how it feels to be on that side. I mean, even mm-hmm. seeing what kind of communication you're getting back. Do you get an acceptance? Mm-hmm. Do you get a notification? Those kind of things. Any other things mm-hmm. you want to point out right there, like how to run yeah. kind of a test like that? Yeah, absolutely. So especially for, for uh, this really hits home if you're an agency recruiter uh, because you work with so many different customers, going out there and, and – going through an application process as a candidate for your customer and being able to go back to them and and say, hey, it took me 20 minutes and I had to duplicate multiple information points across the application process. Like, I think we need to hone in on this. So if you're an agency recruiter, definitely going through your customer sites and and applying that way. Um, Yeah, you know, 
if you, every you know because there's going to be enhancements to the system, right? And so every time there's an enhancement, is it affecting your your application process into your ATS, and what does that look like? So, um, so yes, to your point, Ben, go out there as a candidate and apply, and and especially you know with the ability for for the parsing of a resume. Um, you know what? What we do here at JobBite is our application process probably takes a max of three minutes because we parse out the resume. We ask it for like first, last name, and phone number. Submit right, and then once they get far enough into the interview process to where we are interested in bringing them in for the final stage interview, that's when we then send them a link and have them fill out a little bit more of a detailed application, if you will, because they're invested now. Um, they're on board. They like what they're hearing. They want to move forward. So they're absolutely at, at willing to do a little bit more at that point. Um, so I definitely advise individuals to, to go that route. Um, and there was one other point I was going to make, and I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, don't, I want to make sure you're clear here. If I have an eight-page paper application, I shouldn't just translate that into – uh, my ATS and try to make it do all those same things. I love that last thing you said there. Like, let's get the most, the bare minimum information we can get from them, and then later on, once they're in the later stages, and we might need something additional from them to consider them for actual employment, not just, you know, we don't need everything, your blood type, how many kids you got. Like, we don't need exactly. all that stuff for the initial apply. It's after that when we're digging deeper into, okay, let's exactly. start hunting down the skeletons in Chad's closet, make sure that he's he is who he says he is, then you can ask for all those other additional piece of information that are, that are necessary at that time anyway. So I love that one. Exactly. All right. One of the other things, the other piece you talked about, candidates willing to share negative experiences. All right. Mm -hmm. Whether this has happened to you or not, I don't care, but I want to hear from you. Let's say tomorrow someone has a bad experience and they throw it out there, you know, hey, job might drop the ball on this, as an example, you know, XYZ company dropped the ball on this. How do you proceed? Damage control. How do you yep. communicate with that person? How do you interact? Because that happens every single day, and a lot of times I know companies are like, I don't want to say anything. Uh, that bad thing's out there. I don't want to respond to it. But I, mm -hmm. what would you say? Yeah. Um, my pieces of advice and what, what I do, especially as the recruitment marketing owner here, um, especially when it comes to Glassdoor, because Glassdoor is such a powerful tool, an immediate response. Uh, you can't even count how many times I hit refresh on um, on the Glassdoor page where there you have the ability to input interview feedback um, because I want to get ahead of it. I want to not only acknowledge the fact that you took the time to share your experience, whether it's positive or negative, um, you know, I think as a, as a recruiter and as someone who's passionate about this field, I always want to improve, and I want to improve as an individual, and I want to improve the experience of our candidates for the greater good of the company. So, by getting ahead of it now and sending an immediate response, just thanking that individual, like, hey, thanks for taking the time to actually go on here and provide your feedback. I'll bet it was negative, which we don't want. I really do appreciate you saying, hey, this wasn't great, or the turnaround time was awful, or the interview questions weren't strong. Um, so I, I advise for an immediate response. Um, next course of action is, and I'll do it within the same response, is offering up my contact information. Hey, do you want to talk about this? Like, I know that this is voluntary and it's uh, anonymous, but here's my email, here's my phone number. Um, would be happy to jump on a call so that I can eliminate this or minimize this from happening again in the future. Uh, you know, I'm sorry that it happened to you, but I'd love to hear verbally a little bit more about the specifics. 
um, so that we can address those internally and, and make sure that it doesn't happen again. So don't shy away from it. Get ahead of it. Respond as soon as you see a negative, um, a negative evaluation or review, and then offer up a more personalized um, um, opportunity for that person to explain in a little bit more detail. Mm, I love that. Let's basically let's work together and make sure this never happens to another person, right? Even if we can't change exactly. the outcome of your this job you applied for or that interview, like we can't fix those things in the past. But for the future, we can exactly. try to fix this for everybody else. Oh, I love that. And 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 that goes right in line with kind of that third stat around you know that person would never consider the company again because that negative experience. Maybe I can help eliminate that for them. Maybe I can jump on and be like, you're right. You know that we we kind of hit a wall with our our budget, or we ended up you know deciding to not hire for this role until you know the next quarter, and so it was a negative experience. Um, but if I can help uh, kind of ease that negativity for them to maybe consider us in the future, or to help uh, minimize the, the the spreading of that negative vibe around my company, um, then I'd like to take the opportunity to do that as well. Yeah, because all the other people that are you mentioned Glassdoor, right? All the other people that are seeing the that interaction, that mm-hmm. that says volumes for them as well. If there's three or four negative comments and then zero response from the company, that says very different things from every time someone has an issue or even a, a positive comment that someone's responding, someone's paying attention, someone actually cares about making it exactly. I think it's a big deal, for sure. All right, I want you to – I'm loving this. So give me one more stat, whichever one you love the most, and we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. through that one before we wrap up. Okay. Um, I think probably one that really sticks out to me um, is and, – and because you, you went to some of the conferences, and if there's any listeners out there that, um, that were at the conferences, it's, you know, hopefully it's not repeat information. But um, there's so much around the topic of quote-unquote millennials these days. And, and what I really tried to drive home when I'm speaking at conferences or on webinars is um, to get w- rid of the word millennial and replace it with most people because the reality is over one-third of the total U.S. population is, quote-unquote, a millennial, um, which to me as a recruiter and as in someone in talent acquisition, that, I relate that to being one-third of all of my applicants are millennials. So. Um, so really trying to focus on, you know, the, the reality is that this is most people. So um, the stat that I really wanted to share is that the average tenure, tenure of most people now is 2.8 years in any given role with any given company. Um, and so to know and, and to kind of think about and conceptualize the fact that you've got, we'll call it three years with any person that you hire, um, as a recruiter, that tells me that I can never stop I can never stop with my outreach and building a pipeline and um, interacting with my network and keeping candidates uh, abreast and warm of what's going on so that, you know, whether it's six months, 12 months, or 24 months, uh, I'm probably going to need to pick it up and and start hiring again. So, you know, one thing as as a recruiter and someone in talent acquisition, um, as much as we love loyalty and uh, and want people to stick around and make them happy, there's a, an abundance of opportunity out there. And and to keep in your mind that you've got about three years with anyone that you hire um, is really eye-opening to to the marketplace right now. Mm. See, that that is always the emphasis on talking to an employer about those kind of stats, about how quickly people are turning over. Again, mm-hmm. it's all average. There are people that are 20 years. There are people that are that are you know eight months, and it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the average there. 
One of the things that I'm telling employers, though, is that is why, like in the onboarding process, those early stages when you're bringing someone on, you've got to get them up to speed as quickly as you can. Because if you're going to take mm-hmm. four months to get that person you know, fully ramped up and ready to, to take the job and, and do their the work you're paying them to do, you're missing out on the ROI you're paying them for that, the first you know, 120 days they're on the job. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's really got to connect in between that entire process you're doing on the recruiting side that has to feed seamlessly into the onboarding piece or you're, you're wasting money from day one. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, one thing that I think accidentally gets pushed to the wayside is, you know, you hire someone and they get a lot of love and attention, right? You want to get them coached and trained and onboarded and up to speed and you want them to succeed because they succeed, you succeed. So the first, you know, we'll call it 90 to 120 days, they're getting a lot of love and attention, and now they're doing well, and they're succeeding. And so now you kind of, as a manager, you might move your priorities and your time and start to shift that across the other priorities of yours. And that person now feels kind of left, left behind almost, right? And especially with the younger group, um, you know, they, it's not necessarily that they're always after more money or after more title. Those things certainly help. But um, what we're finding is that individuals just want a little bit of recognition and they want coaching and they want opportunities to grow and to learn and whether that's through continued education or certifications or um, opportunities to sit through um, additional courses that's going to make them better at their job. Those are the things that that people are striving for. So my words of advice, uh, if if you are kind of taking in that that I've got three years with anyone new that I hire, um, try to start to implement some some fun and exciting things that are going to allow them to grow within their career over time and not just necessarily in that first, you know, 90 to 120 days. Mm, I love that. There's a one of the stories that I love to tell uh, around internal ability. There's a company that I talk about. They have a program called Internals First. And after mm-hmm. someone has been with a company for, depending on the job, like 9 to 12 months, when the recruiter picks the phone to, to call someone cold to, for that initial sourcing contact, it is always a person inside the company first before they call anybody outside because they're trying to keep them engaged, keep them excited. And even if I call Chad, like, hey, we've got, an, we've got this role over here. We'd love to have you. You're a great fit. If you're like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good where I am. Thank you. You hang up the phone feeling like, wow, they need me. They want me. They appreciate me. Right, even more than I can even contribute because I'm already doing this job that I like, and they need me elsewhere. And it feels really great mm-hmm. for that that person to get that sort of connection. But so few companies have a process like that where they're looking for, we wrapping it back around what you were saying, looking for ways to to keep developing people, keep growing people. The first, you know, when you start on this job, this isn't the end of your journey. This is the very beginning of your journey, mm-hmm. and it's easy for that to feel like, okay, I've arrived, versus, you know. You know, strap in. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is going to be an exciting kind of adventure that we're going to do together. Couldn't agree more. We so very relevant, real life example to to feed off of that point. Then, um, literally just closed uh, an op- a requisition that I've been working on um, that we are promoting an internal employee. And the reason that it's relevant is I had a candidate from a competitor who has been doing this exact role for over five years. So couldn't ask for anything better as far as experience. And the hiring manager didn't even want to consider them because they saw the potential in this internal candidate and the ability for them to to grow and for him to coach this individual into being an amazing um, key player for his team. Uh, And so that really resonated with me of, of that internal equity that you've got a lot of great resources. Start with what you have already. Those individuals on board in your company, culture fit, 
um, and they're looking for a new challenge and a change, start with what you have internally before you go external. Goodness. All right. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, one last question for you. If someone wants to get their hands on that data, take a look at that, they want to connect with you, they want to learn more about Jobvite, what's the best way to do some of those things? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously if you jump out to jobbyte.com and, uh, and check out our website, there are a ton of resources out there. There's actually a resource tab um, in which you can go in and find information on all of the surveys and data that we pull from our customers. Um, and it's we just released 2019, so that is relevant and up to date. Uh, there's tons of other resources on our on our website for for you to go and peruse and and use for. Um, best practices and kind of what the marketplace is telling you. Um, so I'd absolutely recommend hopping out to jobbyte.com and checking that out on the resources tab. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter at crowdabush um, is my Twitter handle, and I'm always, I shouldn't say always, try my best to post uh, as much as I can so that uh, those out there in the Twitter world can, um, can access that same information, um, as well as LinkedIn and Facebook. So all three of those channels uh, at Jobbyte you will be able to follow us and, uh, and find out all of the, the great and wonderful things that our customers are telling us and get a really good understanding of uh, what candidates are looking for, what's important, and how you can minimize um, negative experiences and maximize your talent. Awesome. Awesome. This has been so much fun, Chad. I really appreciate you joining me for the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this was a blast. I really appreciate you having me on. Awesome. To everybody else, I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. This has been Eubanks, your host, and I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to We're Only Human. Please take a moment to share this episode with another HR leader who might see it as a valuable resource in their daily work. For more information about the podcast and to see all our show archives, please visit upstarthr.com.